0: hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the green room podcast i'm matthew broody and joining me once again is colin mitchell colin why are you so happy today <laughs> it's just when you said hello you went opened up your eyes really wide and i, I had took, to kind of kind of caught me off guard and wasn't well, ready i have a ring light in front of me so it's kind of at times especially late at night we're recording this at 11 16 p.m on a wednesday yep sometimes you gotta really get your eyes going you know make sure they're they're visible to people if not then it's kind of just like lazy if that makes sense so um okay yeah i, I we, we we've been talking for like 30 minutes on here colin we got on at ten forty-five. we did so we just, we've been talking about our brackets we've been talking about uh our plans with this podcast which we'll get into um but who do you have winning the ncaa tournament colin let's let's, oh, let's we're just go right straight now. into it
1: listen tournament. i got kansas state over kansas in the final 79 <laughs> 75 the three seed topples the defending champ, and the in the Cinderella story of the whole year on ranked Kansas State, who's supposed to be the worst team in their conference,
0: comes to win. Imagine, imagine Jareem Dowling's Instagram story. I know they win the national championship. He might do it like a marathon. It might be twenty four straight hours
1: of a live stream. Yes. I mean, how long? I mean, you, yeah, I think everyone remembers how crazy he went on social media after they won against Purdue. Like, yeah. like imagine that times like eighty, a,
0: a billion. Like, yeah, he can yeah. have a portable charger plugged in. Yeah, just going. Not, not he's, even. He's gonna to have like it. a belt with battery packs. Exactly. Plug, plug another one. Exactly. Just going. <laughs> Reem will go twenty four straight hours if they win the national title. And I don't even blame him. I don't even blame. I will drive to Houston to party with Reem if they win the national title. That's my promise to you. The American people looks right into the camera and says, That, that is man. my promise to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. But, anyways, I have uh, UConn over Alabama. Yep. In mine. Uh, Colin's trying to poke holes in mine. Well, it's because you poked so, holes in mine and then I just. Came it doesn't back work. With it. it doesn't I work. I came back right, with UConn the same is, exact stuff. UConn's going to do it. Uh, Alabama. Everybody's picking Alabama. Can't do it. Can't do it. I want someone to pick Arizona or someone else to come out of that region. I think. The I last, think ninety five percent of people are on Alabama. The last like
1: three of the five years ago i picked uh Arizona to win it all. Just never happened.
0: So oh, that's all right. I think that's who Grant will have winning it all too. I think Grant has Kansas State or Arizona winning it all in his bracket. Or Baylor. All his friends. Yeah, oh Baylor. That's true. Yeah, it's definitely Baylor or Kansas State. Yeah. Or, or Tech. Tech. You know,
1: or they're not they not. not <laughs> <at> the <laughs> Don't we'll foreshadow he, he might write all him right. in.
0: Don't foreshadow. Don't don't jump too far ahead. OK, um, for those uh, watching, well, I guess watching or listening, um, we are now officially a part of the Dave Campbell's uh, Texas Football on the Podcast Network. I uh, want to thank all of them over there for welcoming us, for tweeting about us, for all that good stuff. Um, you know, Mike Craven, Ishmael Johnson, Greg Tepper, Ashley Pickle, the whole gang, Mallory Hartley, um, all of them. I'm forgetting plenty of people, I'm sure. Uh, Greg Powers does their recruiting now. All of them, um, we are just a very small part of their podcast network that has, you know, Texas Tech, uh, UTSA, Baylor. Go down the list of of podcasts that they have. But they have a North Texas one now, Colin. And we are responsible for that, that branch. And I feel like it's a big responsibility because Two years ago, we canceled our podcast, and mm-hmm. you you went your separate ways, and I was like went my separate ways. But here make, we are. make year... it sound so negative. like there was like some animosity. <laughs> Brittany and I got to fight, okay we, we We went our separate ways. and then this year we said, "Hey, man, let's just do it. Let's, let's bring just it back. let's start the podcast, so we're back and now we're with Dave Campbells. So shout out to them with this um partnership, if you want to call it that. Our audio feed, and correct me if I'm wrong, Helen, our audio feed will be on the Dave Campbell's Texas Football um, website and their podcast feed. So you can check out the audio side on that. On YouTube, we will continue to post on to our YouTube. So it's the audio, if you are an audio listener, um, or maybe if you go back and forth or whatever, our audio will be on the Dave Campbell's Texas Football podcast feed. Um, I believe it's just the Republic of Football Texas or Republic of Football podcast feed. so check that out we'll have links in the description i'll start doing that uh, more but yeah that's the audio side video side i believe will mostly stay the same on youtube so we're still figuring this out but yeah that's pretty much our whole situation right colin did i miss anything yeah uh
1: one podcast will go on republican football if i understand correctly and then if we do any extras like if something happens and it's outside of dave campbell's and that'll be on ours i believe yes Yes.
0: yeah we have one a week and this is going to be a it's going to be a long podcast. We yeah. are, we are we're doing at least 40 minutes of podcasting yep. every week for Dave Campbell's. So that, that will be over there. I already told uh, Colin I, that's going to be mostly football. I know they've said we can do some basketball, but we're, big picture basketball stuff is going to be on YouTube and our podcast side, I think. That's what we're going to do most yep. of it. So if we get Graham McCassin or Ross Hodge for an interview, I think we're going to do that mostly on our side uh, and just focus on football. Cause that is where we're under is the Republic of football umbrella. So I think that's everything. Shout out to Dave Campbell's for welcoming us on. Um, and yeah, Colin, we can, we can get into it now. Yeah. We um, actually,
1: we actually have to have like an, an itinerary of what we're going to go over. You know, we're official now. I know. It's, we no longer wing
0: it. We can't just <laughs> ramble <laughs> there for 10 minutes and then be like, Oh yeah, we well, were talking about this. Like, yeah. Okay. It's so we're actually official now. So yeah, we, we're writing it out. Um, now, I will say, we said we're not going to talk about basketball on this podcast as much. Uh, we can dabble. We mm-hmm. can dabble, Colin. And um, we're recording this on Wednesday night, like I said. North Texas beat Alcorn State 69-53. to If you haven't already, go check out the last podcast we did, talking about the NIT, talking about our expectations, our goals. North Texas won 69-53. Um, I have a friend who had bet North Texas minus 17, and I don't know if you watched the last second. Alcorn State makes a layup at last second to cover the spread. So mm. Alcorn covers. Uh, Sam Houston State wins on the road. So we will have a North Texas versus Sam Houston State game. I believe that that will be at the Super Pit because North Texas is the two seed. Um, What are your thoughts on the game? You watched it. I was not. I was at AAU practice. Shout out to Red thorne bat What, what was- did you think?
1: I think the uh, early they looked a little, you know, slow to start. Obviously, you know, it it as they always do. You know, nine points through eight minutes, whatever you want to call it. However, it looked like a lot of the looks are coming easy. I mean, Tyler Perry was getting a lot of penetration. There was a lot of passing. They had a season high 17 assists tonight. I believe second uh, on the season was 14 assists when I did uh, when I looked that up. So I loved that. But if they want to continue to make a run in this tournament. I need them to make the shots. Uh, I mentioned they had 17 assists, but they only shot 31% from three and only 44% from the field. And that doesn't sound that bad, but when you see the kind of shots they were shooting and that didn't fall, I need more of those to fall. Uh, Kai went two of seven. Uh, Ruben went, uh, I have to scroll down on my thing. I got you. Let me see. Uh, Uh, Two of six. And then uh, Abu went two of five. And he only played 12 minutes tonight. So um, they did a lot more running. So that might be why Abu didn't play as much. Uh, with 13 fast break points, but I love the looks they were getting. They just need to fall. And
0: you mentioned those shooting percentages and you're, they're like, oh, well, they still scored 69 points. The problem is, is you played Alcorn State, who we've said it on the podcast is the second worst team of this tournament. And they were missing 31 points per game in
1: uh, players I heard tonight. Yeah. So yeah. three players didn't show up with coach's decision. The other one had an injury. So, the fact that the game was close early kind of concerned me, but it, like I said, it looked like they were kind of coasting. But we need to see that ramped up when you play a better defensive team like Sam Houston State.
0: And that's my point is that now they play Sam Houston State, who just beat Santa Clara on the road 58 to 56. A good win for Sam Houston, who is now jumped up to the 13th ranked defense in Ken Palm. Um, I believe that's up like seven spots from where they were previously. So we have a it's going to be a defensive slugfest. I don't know. Ken Palm says it's Sam Houston State home, but I thought it was North Texas was home. I have no idea, but regardless, it doesn't really matter to me who's home, it's going to be just a straight defensive clinic. And North Texas, like you said, is going to have to actually make shots. This is this is this is a team that would have finished fourth in conference USA like they would have finished like they're above UAB or no they're not. I'm sorry. They're slightly below UAB and Ken Palm. Yeah. If like, this would have been the fourth best team in conference USA this year. So, you know, middle Tennessee, Charlotte, all teams North Texas has struggled with at times This Sam Houston state team is, is better. Yeah. So we'll have to see. I think you bring up good points. They're gonna have to make shots. Bottom yep. line, they're going to shoot better than they did tonight. And, uh, As much as I enjoy, you know, Kai being aggressive, uh, five assists to zero turnover. So good for him there. You got to put the ball in the hole.
1: Yeah. And uh, just to kind of cap that off with the slower game, we are going to see Abu be more effective on the floor and Sissoko. Uh, He had, there was an alley oop that he just like didn't really catch. And then he had a perfect pass from Kai. His hands are not great, is what I'm trying to say. So if he's going to play instead of Abu, he needs to be able to score when he has easy chances. So, uh, Abby and to I think are going to be going forward, especially against Sam Houston state. And what's going to be a slower game and they're going to get the ball a the majority of the time in the paint. They need to show up and, uh, and, and, do a lot with, with the minutes that they get. Big game, big game, big game. Got to win. Yep. I agree. Win. Especially, especially when you have other large seeds of knocked out. Rutgers is gone. Clemson is gone. Oklahoma state almost locks the Youngtown state. Listen, Tournament's wide open. Yep, and as I talked about, you hang an
0: NIT banner, that means a lot. That means a lot. It's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, considering last year it was Xavier and Texas A and M playing in the championship game. Yeah, and Xavier's a three seed, A and M's a seven seed. I'm not saying that's going to be North Texas trajectory, but it means something. I think if you go over the past like five or six years of NIT champions, like you're you're you you're up there with programs like Xavier, like A and M. Like I mean, those caliber of teams. So yeah, that's a it's a big deal. It's a big deal. All right, anything else on the basketball side before we move on? I don't think so, unless you want to talk about Grant. Oh, Grant McCaslin, calling. Yeah. Why not? We're on Dave Campbell's. <laughs> We're on the, the the Texas umbrella now. Yeah. We gotta get the we gotta get the Texas Tech people. I think they're the the gunning gauchos. I think that's what they're called. Got to get them on the podcast. It's a good and idea. Just start. Just start. <laughs> Start talking best, yeah, about Grant McCasson and, and all this. <laughs> Are y'all ready um, for the slowest offense ever? <laughs> yeah, once, yeah, if, if he ends up going there, we're just gonna get them on and just they're gonna ask us questions. It's gonna be a giant QA. Um, obviously, for those who don't know, Texas Tech and Mark Adams uh parted ways last week, I believe it was, yeah, March 8th um, is, I believe, the okay, the there you go, a was. week ago. And as soon as that happened, they threw you th- everyone throws in Grant McCasson's name automatically and it makes sense because when Chris Beard left Texas Tech everyone was throwing out Grant McCaslin's name yeah name when um Oklahoma Oklahoma came up Grant McCaslin's name was thrown in there um obviously he didn't get either of those positions last year the only big time the only name that I think McCaslin was considered for at least to my memory was SMU I believe so I I don't remember another one but that was that and We had, I don't know if it was on this podcast or where it was, but I was told um, that, you know, SMU didn't even, like, it was never, it never really approached the levels to where North Texas was concerned. Right. Like it never got there, but this is different. So this is Texas Tech. And I think it was, uh, I don't know who it was that threw out the three names. If it was Goodman, Lenardi, I I don't know. Someone tweeted out the three names and it was um, Graham McCaslin, Andy Kennedy, and i think all mills yeah yeah those are the three all great candidates in my opinion for tech tech job i i think those would all be great hires um so i i don't think grant grant mccaslin is a slam dunk here i think he might have a 30 percent chance of getting it but this isn't going to be the last job that approaches him this offseason especially if they win a game or two more in the in the it so what are your concerns uh, when it comes to this Texas Tech job, do you think that he's an actual contender here? And uh, does that scare you? Uh, I would say where there's smoke, there's fire. And
1: the smoke has been kind of coming for the last three years or so. And you and I have talked off podcast. Texas Tech is like a like one of those jobs where it's called the job, right? Yeah. You have a fan base that's supporting you. It has rich history. And on top of that, he's going to be at that top echelon of basketball which is obviously every coach's goal. Uh, UNT, on the other hand, although it's on the up and up, Texas Tech kind of offsets UNT struggles. So, fan base, for example, you don't have the super pit packed every time. Texas Tech, that place is going to be full and motivated to be there. Uh, same thing with resources. Obviously, again, North Texas has been on the up and up, but the super pit doesn't compare to whatever Texas Tech has in yeah. terms of facilities. So, right there, you already have the jump. Now, obviously, it depends on how much mccaslin cares about moving to the AAC and wanting to you know stick with his guys because obviously we know he's very loyal um in terms of me being worried i mean i think it's you always you never look at texas tech as like a top job right like you know if a coach is good at texas or north texas that they're gonna they're gonna end up leaving now yeah. it's if they leave that program in a good place and i think this program is in the best place it's ever been ever um so i mean i couldn't ask for anything if, if grant left right now i'd be like okay cool we're, we're in a great spot Get the next guy
0: in here. Yeah. I mean, I could I can't ask for anything more here. It's literally this team has continued to get better. This program has continued to get better. It's they have historic uh historic wins, historic seasons. I mean, at this point, if I'm granted I can get a Texas Tech job, I mean I'm I'm going. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's just No, of course. I mean, I think I don't even know what the pay difference is. Like that's probably three times as much as what he's making. I think it was that, I think it's at 1.1 or 1.2 at North something Texas. something like that, is, yeah, which is a hell of a lot of money. But Texas Tech is the type that will pay basketball coaches 3 million plus. Yeah. Like they will do that. I don't know what Mark Adams was making. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure he'll be he would be making in that range. Um and then you look at it I mean, look who else would be in the conference. Scott Drew and Jerome Tang. Like he'd be coaching with like against them. Yep. I feel like that would matter to me. Like the guys that I came up with, was on the bench with, all got these jobs at Baylor. I mean, obviously Drew's been there forever, but Baylor, and then you see what he's doing what Tang's doing at Kansas State with Ream. Like, if I could go to tech and be in the same league as those guys on a program that made the national title game in 2019 yeah this isn't a conversation no not at all i'm sorry it's not but okay i think most north texas fans understand that i think most north texas fans do and again like i said there's probably a 30 percent chance that texas tech ends up hiring him or you know pursues him as the lead dog um i think there will be other schools i'm not gonna throw out names, but there will be other schools that will reach out and contact him sure um if he does leave I don't think there will be any animosity from North Texas fans. I think most of them are very happy with where it is. The, the question becomes is then where do they go from there? And I don't even want to get into it too deep because we're not at that point yet. But obviously Ross Hodge. And then you kind of go from there. If it's not Ross Hodge, then it becomes an interesting decision because it's not Ren Baker there anymore. Right. It's Jared Mosley. First hire of the new AD. First hire the new AD. So does he want to make a splash? You know, Ross is the safe pick. It's the, it's probably the right pick, but does he want to go big? That's what, you know, that's what we'll have to see. That's a, it's an interesting situation there. Uh, one that I thought I'd bring up, but, um, I think that, that covers it pretty well. Yeah. I think that covers everything. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Let's talk football because that's what we're here for. (laughs) Yep, It's our job, Colin. It's our job under Uh, the football umbrella we got, got to clock in, yep. clock in and clock out. Um, I want to do two things today. Okay. First, fine. I want to, before spring football starts for North Texas, I want to review what we know about this team or what we think we know about this team. And then at the end, I want to go over what we want to learn about this team during spring. And um, while we are not on hand as we used to be, we still have – sources in the building we still got uh reed smith who we're gonna have on um on and off and guys who people who cover the team mm-hmm. um on as well so we'll have plenty of information coming in but at this moment we're we're blind we we don't know anything about you know anything for the most part right all we know is the returners on this team and there are a lot of them we were talking about this off air and i think we've talked about it before it's kind of crazy that they didn't have this like exodus when the yeah. trail left when the whole coaching staff let I me mean, got fired pretty much patrick cobb still there uh, Pat, Shout out patrick Cobbs. shout out patrick Cobbs. clay jennings is also back i don't know if y'all remember him from mm-hmm. a few years ago a few like years 20- ago yeah uh db's coach so they got those guys which i think is big but you look at almost every position there are returners like i don't know which position so so let's start where you want to start offense let's start offense. yeah let's go offense. Let's and let's start with quarterback, because why not? Why the hell not? Obviously, Chandler, Chandler Rogers is expected to come in and win the job from Louisiana Monroe, right? Yeah. That's what we we did a whole podcast on. You can go watch that podcast. Chandler Rogers, is quarterback one until otherwise indicated. Also in the room is still Grant Ganell, Stone Earl, Jace Ruder, and J.D. Head. For those uh, listening on the audio side, I'm holding up four fingers. Jax Warren, you forgot him too. Is he a walk-on? He's probably a walk-on because I don't remember. You I don't remember signing him. I don't remember them signing him unless if I'm wrong. Number 98, so I'm assuming a walk-on. He's a walk-on. <laughs> Colin, you just read me off a of quarterback that's number 98. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> don't you, ever I, do that again. <laughs> he's, but he's in the room. He, he's in the room. <laughs> he's not in the room. Okay. So, again, but still, we're at five scholarship quarterbacks. Okay. Yeah. What do we make of the quarterback room? What do we know about the quarterback room?
1: Well, we know that they couldn't beat out Austin Nani except for Chandler Rogers. Cause we obviously don't, haven't seen him play. Um, yeah. Here's all I'm going to say Chandler Rogers better come in and there better not be any controversy about whose job this is because I am tired of there being a competition. I'm a tired of having five guys in the room, four guys in the room who it's like anybody can come out and play It better be Chandler Rogers, and if it's not Chandler Rogers, it better be – I better see some otherworldly stuff from whoever this is, whether that be Greg Gunnell, Jace Reuter.
0: uh, Remember Stone Earl was using the Wildcat packages last year? Right. Are you against that? Are you against the Wildcat? I mean, do you want to not throw? (laughs) Okay. Look, I I agree with you. (laughs) I think Chandler Rogers needs to come in and be quarterback one. If this team is actually going to be good – I think it needs to be Chandler Rogers because apparently Grant Gunnell came in and did not impress Seth Luttrell. He didn't impress uh, Mike Blesh. Okay. However, obviously Grant Gunnell is was the most highly touted of right. the group. I mean, Jace Ruder obviously as well. I mean, whatever. Whatever happened with that. But Grant Gunnell is 6'6", was slinging it in high school, uh, went to Arizona, Memphis. Like he is, He's a guy with an arm. Right. Okay. He's the only one I could see competing with Chandler Rogers. I agree. I, like I said, Stone Earls, like a Wildcat quarterback, whatever. To me, it's going to be Rogers, one, Ganel, two, and then whoever the heck else you want at three, three two, five. But I think that needs to be the pecking order going in the spring. Like, that's just my opinion on it. So when we talk about what we know or what we think we know about this team, it has to be Chandler Rogers as the quarterback. Yep. That's just what it has to be. And if that's not the case, and Eric Morris is kind of wishy-washy on it, I think I will, I will be a little concerned. Yeah, just a little. I don't, not not big, not big. It's year one, and you know he's trying to figure out what he has on the team. He hasn't coached any of these guys before. Uh, it's not like he's coming over here um, with a quarterback, which he did at Washington State. Like he's he's going to learn all these guys, but I think he brought Chandler Rogers in for a reason. I think Chandler Rogers is here for a reason, and it's to start.
1: Yep, I agree.
0: All right, running back, Colin. Let's run through it because yep. this is this is really impressive. They return everybody basically. Oscar yes. Adway, Isaiah Johnson, B. K. Jackson, Quillan Farrar, Kaika Ragsdale, um, Iowa Di- Iowa Day. They return everybody, and if um, Oscar Adway obviously was hurt. Last year. So you get him back. Uh, Quaylon Ferrar was a freshman. He's kind of a little um, gadget type back that can do a little bit of everything. A Kaika Ragsdale emerged onto the scene. Iowa would uh, Iowa day, two straight years of being a productive back. What do we know about this unit?
1: We know that it's been the backbone of North Texas for the last three years, basically yeah. since Mason fine left. So if, if there's a position group, I'm not concerned about going into this season. It is this group because they can, like you said, they've all played. They've all done well. And, you know, Oscar I was injured last year. They still produced with Ragsdale and Adey. So I'm not concerned at all regarding this group. Um, if anything, I think this is going to be the group that they're going to lean on. If, you know, they do have to kind of figure, I mean, with Chandler Rogers, whoever's at quarterback learning the offense, this is going to be, I think in the in the immediate future, the backbone of, of what North Texas is going to be doing.
0: And it's so interesting to me that all the running backs ended up staying, even though Latrell and Blesch Bless went to Cal, I believe, and with Astro Alverding. But um, it is interesting to I me mean, that they all stayed. It yeah. is—I I don't know what exactly. Obviously, Patrick Cobb staying is a big reason for that, right? Like, I want to give him credit um, in this. But the trust that they have in Eric Morris, I think, is is evident at this position, um, especially. So, I mean, because there's five of them. Yeah. There's so many backs. Like, if I'm any of these guys and I'm thinking, like, oh man, I'm going to go play at Texas Southern or I'm going to go play at Texas State, like, there's nothing wrong with that. You could very well, like, make a logical argument to say, I'm going to, I want to go get more playing time in a less crowded room and I want to go to X, Y, or Z. Yeah. College. None of them have done that yet. There is a second portal window in May. Maybe some of them, maybe one or two of them do. I don't know. But, like, at this point, it's very impressive that none of them did. Now, receiver, let's run through the names here because again, it's a lot of familiar names Tommy Bush, Damon Ward, Jamori Macklin, Travion Brown, uh, Rod Burns, who I thought was out of eligibility, but I guess he's not. If you want to click that, <laughs> but I guess <laughs> so, he's not, <laughs> uh, Jordan Smart, Jair Shorter, Dorian Morris. They get Trey Cleveland in here from Texas Tech, um. And I believe I don't know which. Uh, uh Kalen Horton is back. Zayvon McMillan's back. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That that's a group of receivers there. I don't know because last year, the, or the last two years, the pass game has been so limited. Yeah. And this is where Eric Morris is going to show us what he's capable of. Yep. Right. This is this is like the quarterback position. Yes. Cool. Whatever. Whoever starts, uh, Chandler uh, Rogers. Whatever this is where it's going to have the biggest impact is that receiver. Because if Tommy Bush who has had his injuries, I'm not saying he hasn't, the same with Shorter, um, but more so Bush. If Bush and Shorter and Macklin and Brown and Burns and all these guys, if they're actually the receivers we think they are or, and are capable of being, this, if Eric Morris should be able to get it out of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they didn't even have to go to the portal very much. Like, they brought in Cleveland. I think they might have brought in another one more, but like they didn't have to go very deep into the portal to, like, replenish this room because it's the same room as last year. Well, the issue that we've always talked about is this team –
1: not saying this team wasn't talented. It's that you were hampered by quarterback, and, I mean, that was it because what was this team known for? Big plays and then faltering when it wasn't a big play. We all know these guys can make big plays. Tommy Wish has made a big play. Jair Short has made a play, big play. Obviously, Kalen Horton Tucker has made a big play. You need. To, we need to see if you can get it, you know, the short passes, the medium passes. That's where we're going to see Chandler Rogers and Grant Ganell hopefully shine more to help these receivers shine. Because if you can make that happen, this is a very, very talented wide receiver room, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think just diversity at the end of the day. Just f- yeah, figuring out how to attack different coverages, figuring out how to. Because um, I think from a protection standpoint, they were in a good spot last year. And even Austin Oni, we joked about him. I mean, he completed like 55% of his passes, so whatever it was, had six pick sixes and stuff. They felt very one dimensional, and we talked about that a lot the last two years. Mm -hmm. That's where more, that's where Eric Morris will make the biggest difference. That's where he should. This offense should not look like it did last two years. Like from a run game perspective, maybe cool if you just want to keep it simple and you know pound the ground. Cool, the pass game should look vastly different Mm -hmm. in my opinion, and that's one thing that we'll we'll see over spring and fall is how different it looks, but. I mean if, I think the pitch to these receivers was pretty uh simple if you're Eric Morris and the offensive coaching staff it's like y'all were not utilized well enough the past two years. Mm-hmm. Whether that's fair or not to the previous coaching staff I don't know but that you have a you have a coach now that was putting up incredible numbers at Incarnate Word went to Washington state to be the offensive coordinator and had a very very good season. This is this is where they take the next step forward here. Yeah, this is, this is very, very big. We talked about it when Eric Morris was hired, the differences between him and Latrell when they took over the jobs. Like how much more, I don't want to say qualified, because qualified sounds like Latrell was underqualified, which he was not. But he is proven, Eric right. Morris. proven in so turning around where, a program. Exactly. So that this is where it's going to show up, at this position specifically. Yeah. Tied in real quick. Varkey's gums, Christian Lee are the only two returners that I that I know of off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean Varkey's gums is is the one really. Yeah. that that he, he's, he's gonna have a great year next year. I feel like Jake Roberts goes to Baylor. Uh, Asher Alberting goes to uh, Cal, so that kind of empties out the room. I think Var um, Hatib Lyles also transferred out with Austin P. Um, so we got Varkey's gums and Christian Lee. What do you think? I'm, I
1: think that Varkey's gums is going to eat next year if if Eric Morris is who we think he is, because I think that he's going to open up this offense for it's not going to be the I, as, as much as we keep saying that they're going to fall back to the running backs if they have to. If this offense is going to be better, it's going to take a jump and Varkey's yeah. gum is going to be a part of that. And uh, I mean, we saw flashes last year, thir- multiple 30 yard catches.
0: Yeah, I'm pulling up his his season stats right now if I can get them. Because uh, I mean, it was it was kind of um, I don't want to say up and down, but it was. I mean, he was four team All Conference USA and by Phil Steele. Um, I guess he was technically a redshirt freshman last year. Yeah, retro 2021 redshirt freshman last year because he was on the all all-confer- all conference uh, freshman team. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, but he had
1: there. so so last year he had 458 yards. And five touchdowns as a tight end.
0: Really good. As a college
1: as a college tight end, that is great. Especially when you consider the passing game that we've talked about, you know, for the
0: last couple of years. Yeah. That is amazing for a tight end. And he was able to do it after the catch as well. Yeah, like we saw him several times after the catch that he was able to extend it, which is a, a big boost at the tight end position when you're going to have linebackers on you, safeties on you. It's just different matchups there. So, um, Varky's gums is He's a candidate. Like when people are filling out their all conference teams preseason, gums might be on like a lot of second teams. Yeah. Pretty like, that. like that's gonna be interesting. And I obviously I don't know the American well enough yet, because that's a whole different animal. But like he could be he could be up there quite a bit. Okay. Offensive line. Ugh, ton of names here. Ton of names. I'll I'll do some of the highlights here. Obviously, uh Gabe Blair. Is, is the one that I always come back to because Gabe Blair now has two years of starting experience. Uh, he's going to hold it down at the guard spots. Uh, then you go around different positions like Jet Duncan is back. Uh, Damian Smallwood should be good. Um, Dane Jackson, maybe Cade Bond, maybe. Like There are a, a few more question marks at this spot. Mm-hmm. I will say Casey Moreco is back. Daisy on Carroll is back. So maybe there are a few more questions here. Um, we're not getting into the weeds of it because offensive line is such a um, difficult position to analyze in depth. Um, but do you feel good about where they are? Yeah. I mean, uh, they didn't really bring
1: in a whole lot of guys either, which makes me conf- feel like they're confident in this position. They did bring in Larry Moore from Texas Tech. Um, yeah. But I feel like you obviously lose a couple who was guys. The,
0: who was the Georgia, uh, Georgia Tech transfer they brought in? georgia tech transfer
1: uh it was uh paula vaipulu there you go yeah
0: yeah so i guess two i guess they brought in two so yeah
1: so yeah um regardless it would surprise me greatly if they stepped down a significant amount from last year because i I feel like this this position was in a really good spot from a top level perspective and a developmental perspective last year
0: yeah i remember early on in south of tenure we were very very excited about the offensive line prospects he got. it, And I think rightfully so, to a degree. Obviously, some of them didn't pan out. I don't, I don't know if you remember Eric Williams. Yeah. Who was rated like 85-5, something like that. Didn't really pan out. Um, there were a couple of those cases. But still, Jed Duncan, Cade Bond, like some of the guys I mentioned, it is good to have them uh, back in the room. And I do give Latrell and them, and Mike Blesch, uh credit for that. Especially the Gabe Blair find Because Gabe Blair is an all-conference offensive lineman. I yeah. just don't know how many of those caliber guys they have. But still, you bring in two high-level transfers, you pair that with Gabe Blair and, uh, you know, a guy like Cole Brown uh, back in the mix as well, who had um, a lot of starts in his career. So I think it's a good group. It's a good core. Um, if nothing else, it's good. It's good. It's It's a good group with experience that can complement what Morse wants to do. Mm-hmm. So. All right, there's the offense. Let's run through the defense here. Where do we start? Where do we start? Uh, let's with? talk
1: about who they lost first, which is obviously Deshaun Gaddy. Uh Katie Davis isn't here anymore. Uh is there
0: anybody else that I keep I mean reading? those are the two those are the two big names. I Excuse mean there's it? there's there's more, but um those are the two big ones. Let's start on defensive line. Okay. Um Enoch Jackson's back. Rod Brown is back. Chris Wright's back. Mason Richards back. Uh, Fatafe Velea is back. Um, uh, Cortland Rossall, Tayshawn Johnson, Cam Robertson. It's a good group back. Now, the question I have, which is what I want to learn over the spring, is like what defensive front they run Uh, Mm -hmm. 4 3 3 4, 4 2 5, 3 3 5. There's so many different variations you can run. Um, I don't have answers to that yet. I haven't done my due diligence and saw seen what the defensive coordinator did at his last stop, but that's what we're going to learn over the spring. And I think that's a big deal because that kind of dictates everything. You have Rod Brown there, who was an All Conference player in Conference Tuesday. and I think Enoch Jackson is a very talented player as well. Mm-hmm. With those two, I kind of would want to run a four four down line, uh, four down offensive line, and have a guy defensive like defensive line. I'm sorry, defensive line and then have a guy like uh, Cam Robertson or a uh, Cortland Ross saw off the edge, uh, Mason Richards as well, obviously, who was great last year. Yeah. Have those guys. I would want a four down front in theory, but I can be swayed if you if you show me it, how it's done and you can put Enoch Jackson at the nose and play from there.
1: I think the whole thing for me comes down to really is defensive line and linebackers together because so often it was always one or the other faltering, like not helping each other out. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, that just comes down to, uh, scheming and, and whatever else. So I'm going to, I want to kind of like blend those two together because the main thing I'm looking for into coming into spring is, are they going to do the basics well? Cause I feel like so often last year, like, why couldn't you tackle this guy? Uh, why yeah. is there blown coverage? Um, why is a linebacker on a slot receiver? You know, those types of things. So that's what I'm looking for going to the spring. I'm not necessarily so much into the, you know, are these players, I obviously want the players to do well, but because we have all these returners, I want to see what he can do with those returners. And it, it, is it a talent issue
0: or is it, was it a scheme issue? So that's my main thing. Well, that was the whole thing is they can never figure out the defense. Undeced right. So. Ever. They had one good year of defense when they had Brandon Gardner and EJG, and that was 2018.
1: But even that year, if we remember, they were, it was almost like Brandon Gardner and EJG had to, like come up clutch multiple times. Mm -hmm. So I think the um, UTSA game was one of those times, if I'm not mistaken, it was because we thought they were going to lose that game when we were up in the press box and we're like, okay, well I guess we're going to drive home sad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, again, a lot of returners that I like Larry Nixon, fifth year, Kevin Wood is a senior. Now I remember when he was a freshman, we're getting old, uh, Jordan Brown, a, a guy who I liked a lot as a freshman is now a junior, uh, Cifa Leota is kind of like they had him as like an outside linebacker hybrid type guy. Yeah. So we'll see again. It depends on what defense they run. I don't know what defense they're going to be in. Uh, Jax Van Zandt is someone they were high on. The last staff was high on. Uh, we'll see about that. But that's a pretty good freaking group of linebackers there. Even if you just say mm-hmm. Nixon, Brown, and Wood, mm-hmm. like that's three solid linebackers. I'm not going to say they are Katie Davis level, but at the end of the day, we talked about this time and time again last year was Katie Davis made a lot of tackles, but it didn't feel like his impact was felt on an everyday ba- on an every play basis or right. even in every set of downs basis. And that's my that might be completely unfair to him because obviously he was the best player on this defense. Like no one's taking that away from him. Like he very well could have gone to an SEC school and been fine. The problem was – and the problem isn't with him. The problem is the fact that the rest of the defense didn't allow – or I don't want to say didn't allow him to shine, but like the rest of the defense was so up and down that he could only do so much in a lot of situations.
1: Not only that too, I feel like he had to clean up a lot. It was almost like Dion Noville a couple years ago where it's like you felt like he was the guy getting – like catching everybody. It was the same thing with Katie Davis. It's like, okay, well, I guess Katie will have to clean that up. So, um, I agree. Though, I mean, I want to see with this three, these three linebackers. I want to see the foundation of them build on to what Katie Davis because kind of you they're know was old. doing. Right, they're old. Like this is this is where they should be at their best. Right, like they should, they should have no problem plugging this
0: hole that Katie Davis left. Exactly, um, and I, I say that about Katie Davis because it's kind of like the style of defense that they played last year mm-hmm. allowed Katie Davis to just go make every tackle, whether. Whether it was good or bad, right for yeah. the defense, whether it was him bailing them out or not, he made all the tackles. I would love it if we had more names up there in the tackle charts instead of having one guy with 130 tackles. Like, I just, <laughs> I just feel like that would be better. I watched be LSU nice. two years ago with a guy named Damone Clark a rack up 150 tackles. The defense wasn't any good. Like, it's just remember uh, early in Latrell years when Keyshawn McClain had like 100 tackles. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. know. It's just like, well, that's okay. what I'm saying. It's like he was there to
1: clean up the mistakes or yeah. had to pick up for for other areas where the defense yeah. was deficient. Like,
0: so. I don't know. That's an interesting point here that we're we're talking about with the front seven and how it's used. I I don't give a damn about the stats of this front seven. Yeah, you know either. why? Because none of these guys to me are breakthrough NFL players. Like at this point in their careers. Maybe, like, Rod Brown ends up being one, maybe, in, this, in, in the future. But, like, none of these guys, to me, jump off the page, and I'm like, wow, that guy looks like a player who should have 15 tackles for loss and eight and a half sacks at the end of the year. Yeah. Like, none of that matters to me. As a unit, you are North Texas. You do not have five five and four-star talent. You are have to play well as a unit yep. in the American because you're going to be going against UTSA with everybody back. You know UTSA returns all three of their receivers from last year? True. I didn't even know that. And that's and crazy. obviously Frank Harris. Like Memphis, you go down the list. They're gonna be going against good teams. I don't give a damn about individual players. You have to look good as a team. So yep. That's my linebacker rundown. All right. DBs. Um yep. let's do corners first. Lorenzo Thompson, John Davis, mobility, Rich Tejada are four returners there. Uh Rich Tejada um has all the expectations in the world, apparently. Yeah. I still I don't want to say I'm hesitant, but, like, I'm scared to put that much on him, his plate. Like, I don't want to do that. Well, here's the issue. The defense
1: has just been a, such a mess that we see individual players shine. But it doesn't, like you said, you don't feel the impact on the team. So, Katie Davis, we just brought up. I feel like Rich Tejada is another one of those. He had that game. Yeah, I think he had multiple games with two picks. You can yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I don't know if that's right or not. But, yeah, continue. At least I remember at least one. Regardless... It seems like he has the talent to be that guy, right? But now it's a matter of if this when the staff comes in, and hopefully they're able to put it together. Can he continue that and also make the impact on the defensive end instead of giving up? Like you said with the linebackers, we don't see guys jumping off the page. What we want is a competent defense that that looks good, right? That that you know does all the things, all the all the easy things well. That's what we need to see from this uh, back line. Rich Tejada, obviously, I think, is a possible guy that can jump off a page. Lorenzo Thompson, I think, is another one of those guys. He's got the, the uh, physical traits to do all that six feet, 170 pounds. Yeah. I think we need to see those two guys kind of come up into their own in this defense.
0: Rich Tejada had three picks last year, but 15 pass breakups to lead Conference USA. Um, yeah, good times. I, obviously, I think two of those were returned for pick six.
1: Yeah, maybe that's what I'm remembering.
0: That's what it was.
1: That's, that's so, definitely what I'm
0: remembering. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, that's the cornerback room. Sorry, I clicked office. Now I have to go back to my position. Safeties Williams. now? Safeties, safety, safeties. All right. Dylan Williams as a sophomore. I remember him committing Nick Knockwash, Jr. Uh, he was a transfer last year. Damon Youngblood, a retro freshman two years ago. Harold West, Jr., guy I loved at a high school three years ago. This might be the position with the most question marks.
1: Especially when Deshaun Gaddy's gone, or because Deshaun Gaddy's
0: gone, yeah. Like whether well, you put Gaddy at safety or nickel, I mean, you think about. It, I think what like Keelan Crosby played a good amount still. Yeah, he did still play a good um, amount. I don't remember who I'm not who I'm forgetting, but like, this is a very different group here. The only one I trust off the top of my head is Harold West. Yeah, and the rest of these guys who are transfers, Damon Youngblood transferred in from Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, Bryce Linder transferred from Blinn College last year. Nick Nackawash, Central Arkansas last year. Um, Logan Wilson from uh, ULM last year. Like, I don't have any good answers here. Yeah, and I don't think – I think this is one where we're, we just kind of like – we don't even – we wipe our hands. We just put our hands up and say, hey, we'll, 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 spring. Tell me who's exactly. starting in the spring. Just tell exactly. me who's starting in the spring so that way I can get to know them. Because Harold West is the only one that I know – that i like yeah i don't know anybody else i can't i'm sorry i'm not Same. gonna get on here and tell you about bryce lender i can't i can't <laughs> do that not doing that i don't even think this staff knows about bryce lender i don't think the staff knows right. about nick knockwatch like that's what the that's what the spring is for so i can call up Seth the and be like hey tell me about bryce lender i could do that but
1: hey, i'm sure not sure that's a good i'm not sure that's a good look though <laughs> I don't hey, think Seth wants
0: to. Can you, to you. I need to do research for this next season. Can you please tell me about these guys? I don't know. I think Seth would be open to do it. Seth is very, I don't know. He seems very. I'm um... not saying he wouldn't be
1: open. I'm saying it's, it's a bad look on our part, being like, hey, <laughs> Seth would do
0: it. Shout out Seth. And I think that's it. You asked me about kicker off air. I don't know. The only kicker on the roster is Chris Clayton, retro freshman from. They say his Florida. name right,
1: Chris Caton. Okay? This guy could be the future, all right? He could be. He could be.
0: Um. Also, is Bernardo Rodriguez gone at punter? Yes. The only, the only punter they have on here is Sawyer Evans, so there you go. Transfer from Texas Southern. So, yeah, I guess special teams will have a little bit of an overhaul, and that's it. We did it. That's all we got. Um, We kind of covered what we want to learn over the spring as well while we navigated all the positions so anything else to add before we wrap it up
1: i feel like we should just go over the main like the main points one more time so for me quarterback make sure that that looks good receivers Mm -hmm. we need to hope that you know they shine more than the big play and then i think defensively we just need to see a unit that's competent those are my three things that i want to see no more phil bennett on the sideline colin what did it fit that's that's like a guy you go to you dress up as Halloween for, or just yeah like 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 if you like if you went out with a, to
0: get a beer with like
1: if you went out went out with a no if you went out with that shirt and stuck the play card in the front yeah. of your pants everyone's saying Yep, yeah, Phil Bennett like that's that's a, that's a look
0: I put that on in Baton Rouge and I was like hey the Phil Bennett look Yep. they were selling hey. that when did you get that one at <laughs> yeah <laughs> they got the because remember last year there was that meme of like the Party City. Uh, or halloween city whatever it's called um oh yeah 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 with all the stereotypes on the side just put a picture of phil bennett there and be like gets in fight after head coaching after head coaching <laughs> I forgot about that game. game i forgot about that <laughs> dude last year was a trip what a trip it really was it really was what a trip um but yeah there you go all right that's all we have for y'all today hope y'all enjoyed it we got a 40 46 minute podcast out to y'all Sheesh. Who does it better than us? Who does it better than us?
1: Other people, probably. Nobody
0: (laughs) in the world. We're the best podcast on the Texas uh, football, Republic of Football Podcast Network. There you go. All right. You've heard it here first. There you go. It's 12.03 a.m. I just want to go to sleep. This is what happens when Colin has weird sleep hours. Actually, I work 2 to 10 p.m., so. It's weird sleep, weird work hours. There you go. Therefore, weird sleep hours. Where's Maya?
1: She's uh, on the floor right here.
0: Okay, I haven't seen her in a while.
1: You You haven't? I mean, you haven't been to Texas or my house specifically in a while.
0: I was, I was there three months ago. That's a while, longer ago. ago. Okay. Well, anyways, Mm -hmm. hope you all enjoyed the podcast Uh, again. Uh, check us out on YouTube. This will be on our YouTube, but this will also be on the Dave Campbell's Texas uh, football. I cannot, I have always keep forgetting it. Republic of Football podcast feed. So go leave a like over there. Uh, go follow them over there. We'll have the links in the description of all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, support the whole network. We'd really appreciate it. It would help us out a lot. Give us a good look if like North Texas people started following them. Um, so yeah, do that. And then check back here. We'll have one of these every single week for the uh, Football Republic of Football. Geez, come on. I'll get it. I promise. I promise. (laughs) Republic of Football Podcast Network. Um, And we'll be back after North Texas basketball plays at Sam Houston State. So be on the lookout for that as well. That will be on our podcast feed uh, as well. So until then, we'll talk to you all later.